Hey, welcome in to that SEC podcast, another live show. Cousin Shane, he's out sick, called in last minute, had to get a guest on, waiting for him to hop on here as per usual, but a little programming note here, actually a couple of notes here. A lot of people have been hitting us up for uh, the koozies, which we really appreciate. Again, rate, review, subscribe. Just follow us. Uh, give us a, a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. That's all you got to do, and we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge. Just reach out to us at thatsecpodcast at gmail.com, and that's how we'll get uh, you your koozie. But I did want to make a note. <laughs> We've had about... 100, 200 people reach out to us since we said that on Monday, and we're out of Tennessee koozie. So if you've hit us up for a Tennessee koozie and we've not responded to you yet, just know that we've put in an order with our uh, a partner that makes those, and we'll get those out to you. It's probably going to take about two weeks, though. But everybody else, we got 13 SEC team koozies ready to send out, again, just for rate, review, and subscribing to the show and a little programming note, I'm going to be on Paul Feinbaum's show. It's going to be his last show until SEC Media Days. I'm going to open 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central. So tune in for me on the Paul Feinbaum show. We got our guest. Let's see if we can get him in here. Hey, buddy. What's up, dude? You're going to be on Paul Feinbaum tomorrow. I'm going to make sure. I love you to death. I'm probably not going to tune in because I know what you I know what you're going to say. and I, Whatever you say, I'm probably not going to like it. Cheers, though. Yeah, Chris Barley, you're, you're our go-to pinch hitter. I was just saying, Cousin Shane called in sick. That's why I had to reach out to you last minute. I apologize no. for that. But thank you so much for, for joining me once again. I got so much positive feedback from you joining us, what was it, a week ago, that uh, I, I knew if you were able, you'd be up for another good good uh, conversation here. I can't tell if you're joking or not, but if, if you aren't, that makes me super happy. If you, <laughs> are, you are kidding, it's pretty par for the course. That's fine either way. Yeah, absolutely. And tell the folks, uh, I almost called you Shade there, so I apologize. Uh, where can they follow you, Marla? I know we're trying yeah. to build build you back up here. Yeah, I lost that Twitter account uh, after a terrible Kirby Smart sex tape joke on April Fool's. It was not my best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was on April. I liked it. It was purely a joke. And, a, and, it, and with what happened today with some people reporting news, uh, it's probably not the best time to joke around about it. But um, College Ball Uncensored is the podcast. We have a new episode that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vern Funquist, uh, V-E-R-N. Um, I would say it's a lot of fun in moderation. So you guys will you guys join along. It'll be a lot of fun. Right, absolutely. And speaking uh, of fun, I wanted to have some fun at your expense, of course, and ask you uh, if you were serious. You got mad. Has, you're mad. It seems like you're mad about every half hour on, on social media. But uh, at me for saying that uh, Tennessee at Alabama, it's a toss-up for Tennessee. But all, when we did the Alabama preview, I, I did it as a win. Have you still not caught on to how we're doing this? No, because I haven't listened to the pod. I, so this is like the only two weeks off of the year. So right. it's like, I, so when I was asking that question, I, I knew that it was going to come off as like me being a dickhead because that's just like this – like. I knew that was going to be how it came across, but I really wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was just, I just didn't know right. um, like what the, what the process was. And I was, and I was trying to understand what it was. So um, I think one of your listeners was like really kind enough to explain it to me. And it made a lot of sense. I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think it's probably, um, I think it's probably spot on. If, if the, the prerequisites for that are what Tennessee fans are thinking, what Bama fans are thinking, I think that's, that's completely fair. 
Right. Yeah. So for those that have yet to get it, and I think all the listeners, they've gotten it, but just people yeah. on social media have not. It's from a fan's perspective. So that's how we do each team preview. And I thought maybe uh, it'd be fun if you and I kind of went through some of these teams. We'll I'll throw up the graphic of the win-loss yeah. toss, and you tell me maybe games you disagree with um, yeah. across the SEC. How's that sound? I love it. I love it. All right, so we haven't got to all the teams, but we basically have. And let's start with Georgia. We just did the Georgia preview. It's gone gone really well. I said seven and five. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. And you know, you know that someone on Kirby's staff, like I said this last year, and I was kind of kidding, but like I was, part of me was somewhat concerned. It's an incredible job of Kirby to have rallied that locker room around because no one in their right mind thought they were going seven and five, like at right. all. Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't step back because you had the best defense in the history of college football the year before. They didn't. They go 15 and 0. They're fantastic. But that kid saying the 7 and 5 thing was about as like believable as like that first or third Santa Claus movie uh, with Tim <laughs> Allen. Because it was like, ah, did you not pick up on any of the, the, the subtle clues? Um, back to the, the, the graphic and, and the schedule. I got them going twelve and zero. I don't think it's yep. really up for debate. Like, what, what do you Tennessee? It, see, like that's the only game on here that that makes me remotely pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Ole Miss after Mizzou. Like, there's there's everything I see at on here. Like, I mean, even even Vanderbilt Kirby somehow still hates Vanderbilt because what they did to him in twenty twenty, not letting him have a senior day. Um, <laughs> he's allowed less than one hundred feet combined yards in their last two games against Vanderbilt. Um, but this, this game against Tennessee, possibly the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that look what else, I mean, look, the Ole Miss game might be tough, but it's in Athens. There's nothing, I mean, you get them at the end of the season. So I I think this is a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. They've dominated Auburn. Um, maybe the Auburn puts up some points or I don't know what the win would be considered. You get Kentucky at home. They've struggled against Kentucky on the road at times, weirdly enough. I just don't see anything on here until November that makes me shudder at all. That's the only one. I got him going 12 and 0. Right. So the one that I think they need to be concerned about, Chris, is Ole Miss. At home, right before the Tennessee game, maybe you're a little bit more focused on Tennessee, hitting right. the road to Rocky Top. And we just don't know what Lane Kiffin and company, we just never know with that, yeah. the, the way they utilize the transfer portal. If Jackson Dart has a big year, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, w- it would be a miracle if Ole Miss won. But I think that's that's probably the one that concerns me the most. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it completely makes sense. And let me ask you a question, too, on this, because I know that I, I remember saying this last year. There were 10 total times under Kirby Smart since 2016 that he's given up 30 points or more. One of those games was this is bef- this is going into the Tennessee game a year ago when I made that video which is probably a good reason that my old account got shut down. So I don't have to keep reading the comments on that. Um, but like, I remember saying this beforehand because that's a, that's the best scoring offense in the country last year with Tennessee. This team has come a long way. The program's come a long way. It's not the same as it was in year one, but Hugh freeze is a guy that has put up over 30 points on a Kirby smart defense against when he was at Alabama and when he was at Georgia, any, any chance you think that there's like an Auburn could upset them. Yeah, because I think given Georgia's schedule, they still may not at that point in time know exactly what they have. It'll be the first true road game. Yeah. Maybe Carson – I mean, we sit here and we look at Carson Beck and we just assume he's going to be yeah. great. And he probably will be. But we were talking about this recently too. What happens if adversity strikes? And 
adversity's different now for Georgia. It's yeah. like Alabama has for the last decade and a half. What if they? What if they're only winning by seven points? I mean, th- that, those fan bases, they're going to lose their damn mind saying, yeah. how, how could we barely be getting past South Carolina? And, and that's not disrespectful to South Carolina. It's You've been killing them by 45 points annually with a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new offensive tackles. There is going to be some time, potentially, that it takes to get that thing up and running. And, and to your point, Hugh Freeze knows how to engineer some points and it may not yeah. may not even just be the offense. It could be, uh, you know, a special teams play, a, a block yeah. or something. It, it could be uh, a kick return. Georgia drops inside the five. I mean, there's yeah. many things that can happen. What happens if Georgia gets down fourteen to zero in Jordan Hare early? How right. do they re- how do they respond to that? And so and here's here's a good point on that too, because Jordan Hare is a. I went there last year for the A and M game, Mike, and it was two, three, and five teams at the time. One of the best experiences I've had, in, and you see the shirt I'm wearing, and we, you know, like you, I, I you guys all know at this point that like I grew up an Alabama fan. Um, going to Jordan Hare for that A and M game was incredible. It was so cool to see the the traditions they had there, the fans. I mean, again, three and five, and nothing really on the line. And it was I'm not a Braves fan, which is probably another thing people don't like about me. Anyway, but no, so, so, but it was awesome to see. You brought the point. I think it's a really good point, um, and I'll make up. I'll piggyback this with another point you made earlier today on Twitter, which was they're 22 and four under Kirby smart on the road since he's been the head coach at uh, I, I am sadly a Red Sox fan and have been since like 1997. So I'm just a douchebag all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so, but the talk about like the Auburn thing, I remember saying this going into 2021 in the SC championship game, you got to put Georgia into a, spot that they're familiar they're not familiar with at all but also all too familiar with and what i meant by that then was if you get that if you get them down at the half when they haven't been trailing all season past like the second quarter and and they're down by double digits and then you're like oh man like, what, like are we like we haven't been in the spot yet like how do you respond to that and then you're already on the road like you said like and, and another thing that could happen too when you talk about them going on the road all four of those losses it, it, during the kirby smart tenure on the road in, the, in SEC games were to SEC West teams. And it was all games that they were favored in besides the Bama one in 2020. All games, I, I know they had a lead in that game, but they're 0-4 and they lost those games by an average of like 22 points per game. So this is the only, those two are the only ones I could possibly see. But you, you also are talking about an Auburn team that might not know what they have yet because of, you know, because of what, what they have at, at quarterback and try to get Hugh Freeze's offense in year one. So George is done. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. All right, how about Tennessee's schedule here, Chris? We've got a lot of wins, and again, this is from a Homer perspective. So maybe uh-huh. you you may disagree with, but you kind of said you you kind of agree with ten uh, at Alabama's a toss up. Mm-hmm. I think I I, you know, you and I have kind of disagreed on this one too. The Florida game, the importance of that. I think it's monumental. A and M on that. A&M could be really good. They could suck again. I, I just can't figure them. So that, to me, is a, that's a toss. And the only loss I have, or likely loss, is Georgia. I don't care where that game's played. Any yeah. of these other, you know, disagree with any of these. Maybe others should be tossed or maybe a, a loss in there. I'm, I've been saying this for several weeks, and it, it's going to come back and bite me in the ass. I already know it. But I don't disagree with you, and I don't know where that even came from about the Georgia or about the Florida thing. Because – this is a team that has had your number for well over a decade and a half now. And you beat them last year. That mm-hmm. game was still pretty close, right? 
Um, it's a huge win. I don't know. I don't think Florida is going to be great. I do think that they're going to be coming into that game at one and one, and it would be a disaster start for year two of Billy Napier to be one and two. Mm-hmm. So we've got to probably pull out all the stops. And it's not a team they have a history against that has been really in their favor. This game right here, September 23rd, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> this game. Are you still still with this? UT- can can, can, you, can you name five UTSA players right I now without Googling not. it? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I don't know one. I don't know what single UTSA player. I just found out they were the Roadrunners because someone named Meat, Meat Nation followed me yesterday when I tweeted about this. And I, I think Tennessee wins this game. But I'm telling you, from a trap game standpoint, you talk about this game against Florida, which is a big emotional game you got to get up for. God forbid it's a close one. This game right here against South Carolina, a school that that knocked you out of the playoff contention a year ago when your quarterback went down, they ran out of fireworks because they scored so many points on you. That is a revenge game they're going to win in Neyland. They're going to be looking forward to that. I think they probably win this one. But this game right here against a team that won 11 games last year returns a ton of production, back-to-back whatever conference they're in champs. I just think it's going to be closer than Tennessee realizes right now. And maybe Hypo gets them coached up to where they don't overlook anything. But I think that game, I, I tell you what, I think that game is going to tell us the character of the Tennessee team more than anything. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that, like, is this going to be a team that looks ahead on the schedule at all? Or is this a team that has week by week will handle their business and they have matured in year three of Hypo? You know, one thing that's interesting, though, that you kind of glossed over, and it's you're not alone. A lot of people gloss over it. Hell, Cousin Shane... Of course, you know, via again, via a biased take here, but he said Tennessee's going to score 70 on South Carolina. And I'm not ready to go that far, but no. are we glossing over the fact that South Carolina kicked their ass? And, and maybe that'll – what if South Carolina jumps out to a little bit of a lead here? Well, could they get in Tennessee's head? Uh, and keep in mind, they, they don't play in 2024. We know the schedule already, so there's a lot on the line here. I mean, we're talking two years of bragging, right? I, I don't know well, if Tennessee fans can take three years – of South Carolina fans in their mentions. I I don't anybody that's in Tennessee's mentions at all tread that <laughs> terrifying experience I can attest. Um no, I so I think this. I think that the South Carolina game, if there's a game on that schedule that's a conference game that I would have the most confidence in, besides Vandy, it's that one. Because mm-hmm. I just think that that team is going to be pissed about what happened a year ago, especially with all the stuff they had in front of them, right? I so 70 I'm not saying that, that I've learned. I'm, I'm trying to learn to stop doubting Shane Beamer because <laughs> every time I do, I'm, I'm wrong. Like every single time. That being said, I just, I really think that offense, it, it, like I think with Joe Milton and some of the guys, they got squirrel white and all that kind of crap. Like they, they are going to be able to put up a lot of points in general, but that's the best way to put it. What Adam just said right there at the bottom, hype will be out for blood in that game. That's for sure. I, mm-hmm. I fully agree with that. All right, let, let's uh, look at what we got here. LSU. So we haven't even done this team preview yet, but I've got the graphic ready. I think LSU is going to kick ass this year. I've already proclaimed them uh, my pick to win the national championship. Yeah. But I, I do see two tough games here. Florida State in the opener. If that was in Baton Rouge, I, I, I'd have a win there. But I, I do think it's fair to say that's a toss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at Alabama, that's a toss-up in my mind too. Every other game I have is a likely win for LSU – uh, any disagreements on this LSU? Now, we saw Army go into Norman, Oklahoma two years ago. No, I'm kidding. I'm making a joke. Um, no, so I, I think that Florida State game, I like the evidence of the toss. I think 
one of the things that pissed me off about LSU last year was they lost that game. And you remember this, I'm sure. They got dominated in that game for most of the entire game. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't until the fourth quarter. And let's not forget, I'm pretty sure the way they had the tying touchdown was that Florida State fumbled on the one-yard line. They had a – you know, they were like a, a second or, or a yard away from putting their foot on, on, on LSU's throat and ending that game. Right. And they still come with the win. But afterwards, especially after they reeled off a couple wins, you know, that team lost to Florida State, which is a, a, at the time people just assumed LSU was going to win. I know I did. They got their ass kicked at home by Tennessee. And that game wasn't even as close as the score said it was. Um, which is really saying something. I I hated the the, the talk afterwards with LSU of, well, we should have won that game against Florida State, so you know we, we should be a national title contention, and they were. That Florida State game again, they got your ass kicked. I, I don't or like for the, the most of the entire game. I think that is going to be one of the best games of the year. Um, I don't think it necessarily keeps them in or out of the playoff if they if they lose it. Right. Uh, the rest of the schedule, they they lost to Mizzou last time they went to Como. I yep. don't think that happens again. They have one loss to Auburn since since like fucking Y two K in in Tiger Stadium, and it was the last time they were there. Was this that the game, that was the Bo Nix Superman game, right? That was the Bo Nix Superman game. I was there for that, and it was an incredible, incredible game. It was like <laughs> ridiculous. But I think there's something always happens with Florida, just always. But you get them at home, and you get A and M at home, which I like. Obviously, this game right here, you have as a toss. I think LSU fans are more confident than ever, and they should be because you're going into year two. It's the year you make the biggest jump from from with a head coach and a new head coach. Brian mm-hmm. Kelly, phenomenal coach. I love what he did in year one. I'm whatever I say is going to come off as bias unless it's like LSU is going to beat them. I thought I, I thought Alabama was going to lose that game last year going into the game, and I, I said it all over the like all over radio and all and all that kind of shit. You lo- you beat Alabama twice in the last eleven games, and you did it by a combined six points. One of those years you had Joe Burrow. One of them you went to overtime scored in the last play of the game. You beat him. It just, I think we're, you made the comment earlier about Carson Beck and the assumptions. This game, more than anything, is the assumption game I think that people are making. Like, LSU has turned the corner. They have not consistently beaten Nick Saban in, in any of the years he's been. I think it's only happened once since he's been there. They, they beat him back-to-back seasons. I don't see that happening again. I just don't. It, like, that maybe like Tennessee, I, I see them losing to them way more than I see them losing to LSU. I agree with that. All right, let's go to Arkansas. A lot of uh, tricky games here, much more manageable schedule than they've had under uh, Sam Pittman to date. Uh, I think the early season, they can win all those games. I think, you know, the tail end, I, there's some tosses there, but I think they could win the last four or five games. It, it shouldn't be too difficult to win the majority of those, not saying they're going to win them all. But uh, at LSU, at Alabama, those are the only likely losses I have with a ton of toss-ups. Uh, thoughts on, on this schedule? I- any disagreements f- from you? You made a comment earlier about uh, um, about how I get about upset about something every 30 minutes. I'll just tell you right now, this me being the Ray Lewis Defensive Player of the Year, I thought this said F you, and I thought you were just trolling me, but it says F you. So, um, BYU game, that's a game I was shocked they won a year ago. I think I think they start out 3-0. Going to LSU, and side note, that game being played in September is an effing tragedy. And I, I hate it. Um, this game against AM it seems to be the one that's like a catalyst for them to an extent because this month right here is where Arkansas has thrived for the past couple seasons. Um, October, it gets a little bit more difficult. I, I don't think that Ole Miss is something that would scare me as much. 
I think LSU is probably a loss, especially on the road. Um, you assume Bama's a loss. Mississippi State, I, like again at home, I, I don't think the the Florida game is as much of a toss as as I would consider that a win, just because of the fact that Pittman will have them ready. Pittman's familiar with Florida in general, especially with this time at, at, at in Athens. But they're going to be coming off a game where they are just like licking their wounds. I think. Um, I don't. Hasn't Arkansas dominated Auburn, or is it the other way around? Uh, I no, it's kind of the other way around. But of okay. course, that was the, uh, the the Bo Nix spiked the ball backwards. That's not a legal play, but they counted it. Uh, you know. Okay, so I'm I'm in the, I'm completely wrong because I'm pretty sure they've won like five of the last or like six of the last seven or something like that against Arkansas. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, but but I, I still think we'll see where Hugh Freeze has them at within. I, I think Auburn has a chance to reel off five in a row there. You're really high on KJ Jefferson. I saw a side of the day. He's like one of only three players that's returning with with back to back seasons where he's at a top ten QB rating. It kind of feels like he's gonna, they're going to go as far as he takes them. But I think that defense could possibly be even worse than it was a year ago, which is really really scary to think about. Right. Well, what about Mizzou? Are you high on them like a lot of other people? Um, hell, Shane thinks they could win possibly ten games this year. If they can get over Kansas State, which I, I get it, Kansas State killed them last year, but this year it's at home. If they can do that, I mean, they can build some serious momentum. Likely will be five and zero with LSU coming to town. You said it yourself last time LSU came to Missouri. Missouri came out on top, and that was a drink first year. Yeah, COVID didn't have a lot of time to to implement. You know his system. They still got that W. Um, a lot of potential wins. Is is this the year Missouri breaks out? You think? I well, one they've already broken out because they won the division two of their first three years. People seem to forget about that. But well, I guess I mean under drink. More. Yeah, it's fair. I just want to remind people because I feel like Missouri gets more. They get shit on more than any team in the in the conference unfairly, in my opinion. I feel like I always have to go to bad for them. The back half of the schedule looks very difficult. Obviously, they played Florida really well, especially at home. Um, so I don't I don't disagree with that. I think you're right. I think those are two back to back losses at November fourth and eleventh. Um, they dominated Arkansas, and that one I am right about. I appreciate Zach Pouncey correcting about Auburn winning eight of the last ten against against uh, against Arkansas. But I tell you what, Missouri is a team that we constantly write off every single year. That defense two years ago was god awful. I mean, god awful. Um, Last year, they were easily the most improved unit in in the conference, maybe the country as a, as a whole on defense. They were really, really good. And they returned like eight legitimate, possibly nine starters, depending on how you want to look at it on that defense. I think they're going to be good. I think eight wins is about where like the ceiling and maybe the floor would be. I, I, think, I think that's what we're looking at here. I don't see them necessarily getting double-digit wins because they're still, you know, I know they get Kansas State at home. What does that look like? But I think getting to eight wins is a huge accomplishment uh, with drink this year. Now, what's the one team, Chris? I'm curious to know if this is the team for you too, but as it seems to be for everybody, what's the one team that is toughest to read, could be an SEC contender, or it could blow up in flames? Who am I talking about? A&M. I mean, it's Texas a and <laughs> I mean, now listen, you guys laugh at that week three game, but as I can attest, nobody lets the Warhawks of ULM into their home stadium. That's also a spot they lost last time. I, I think, I tell you what, I'm high on AM just because I think they were so bad a year ago. It's mm-hmm. also one of the few teams that could really pick up steam in the second half of the year. 
because the way they hit the close here, they've owned that South Carolina series. The first one they've lost to in like eight or nine years, like a year ago. Um, we'll see how that, what, what happens at Ole Miss. The away team um, between Auburn and Arkansas, is, like, I feel like Auburn's like won like four of their last five on the road at A&M. Um, the game against Arkansas is obviously huge. Do you see 5-0 and o going into Bama? Yeah, I mean, they should be. But yeah. that that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. What happens if they lose to Miami week two? Oh, man. Can they salvage the season, do you think, or, or the wheels fall off? With What if they lose to Miami by 14-plus? Like, what if, like, something crazy happens in that? Because then I think that you're hitting the panic button early. And I – I really think it's going to be an interesting situation. Also, I'm an idiot for asking, do you think they're 5-0? and Because I'm literally looking at a graphic you made that has the wins and losses already <laughs> listed in neon color. So pardon me for my ignorance. Um, but when you talk about, when you talk about A&M, what, what is interesting about them is I, they, could, they could theoretically start this season with three losses in the first six games, right? They could also go 5-1 and or 6-0. and but they could start out three and three, and the panic button would be not just pressed, but I mean pressed repeatedly or just smashed repeatedly. And then they could turn the whole thing around. So I, I kind of like, I feel like this could shape up into what they did in 2021. I, I think they are improved, but like it does kind of have the feeling like a Jimbo Fisher special here where it's like, oh my God, the first month or first half of the season, we're going to talk about his job being on the line. And then he's going to reel off a couple wins in the second half, end up playing in a bowl game at eight and four, and somehow retain his job for another year because they don't want to pay $76.8 million to have him fired. As an Alabama guy, how concerned are you about going to A&M considering uh, we obviously know what happened uh, two years ago, and then a year ago I, I realized Bryce Young didn't play, so you know we have to consider that. But for whatever reason – Jimbo figures out how to coach football the week of Alabama. Uh, does that game concern you at all? He didn't at Florida State, but yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, I mean, <laughs> like he, he also lost him by 28 in 2020. Uh, but I do think that playing at, in College Station is a difficult game. I, I do. And I, I don't think that that's a surprise to anyone. I, I hope that's not a night game. Um, that's a place where Bama has kind of struggled. Remember 2017, the year where Bama kind of just kind of cruised through the entire season after they played FSU and then lost to Auburn at the end of the year. I mean, that was really the only game before Mississippi State that was close for him was that road game against a and was just an ugly – for whatever reason, they, the past couple of years, it's not even just that Jimbo's had something for them. But, like, they, they don't protect the football, and they get themselves into trouble a bunch, it seems like, against, against a and I, I hope it doesn't happen, but, yeah, it'd be crazy to think that doesn't scare you. I mean, like, I mean especially with all them boas – Arm in arm, swinging back and forth, drinking two percent milks for the game all day, getting all revved up on calcium. I, that is terrifying. <laughs> all right, another terrifying one. We already mentioned it. South Carolina. I I took some shit for having so many toss ups here, but yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe one or two too many. But uh, do you d- disagree with any of these? I mean, North Carolina in the opener away. Technically, it's not on the road, but it's a, it's mm-hmm. away from Williams Bryce at Tennessee. I know, I realize Florida's a home game, but they beat the piss out of you last year. Uh, you cannot get over Missouri for, for, to save your life. Uh, you said it yourself, A&M, aside from last year, has owned that thing, and that's that's at Kyle Field. Uh, Kentucky, you beat them last year, but Will Levis didn't play. They've kind of owned South Carolina. And then same deal with Clemson. They have owned South Carolina short of last year. So, I don't know. Are, are these all toss-ups, or should some of these be wins? What's your thoughts? 
I think this game, and the ones on the right side of the page are the ones that would be concerning. Because I, I don't think, I think if you ask, I'm, I'm living in Columbia, South Carolina now. And I think if you ask them right now, they think that this game right here against Florida is probably a win. Right. Um, I, I think that they probably are realistic enough to think that that Georgia game is a loss. Uh, Tennessee is, is <sighs> it's a toss up or a loss in my opinion. I don't see that as a win, but I don't know what their fan base would say. The, the issues that I would have are over here and saying that, sure, maybe UK is a toss-up, but that is not a toss-up, and that is not a toss-up, in my opinion. Those are two L's. And and I, I'm i like I said in the beginning of this, I've been more wrong about South Carolina than any other team I've we've talked about in the conference, admittedly. Um, and I hope I am again, because I love Columbia, South Carolina. I love being here, and I love what Shane Beamer's on, the culture of that program and how quickly he's been able to turn it around. But that is a that is a a rivalry in quotes that they have been dominated in against AM and it's on the road. That game against Clemson, <laughs> Clemson's a team that could be coming in at 10 and one or 11 and 0 and, mm-hmm. and, and has revenge on their mind now. And, and they would love nothing more than to like that. That's a game for Dabo Swinney at the very least he can put his stamp on winning back that rivalry and winning the state back again. And he's got the dudes to do it. I mean, like top to bottom, that roster is significantly, maybe not significantly, but it's it's way better, I think, than South Carolina's. The issue with South Carolina is, is the fact that I I love the five star freshman they're bringing in. I think he has to be a huge, huge help immediately. I love Spencer Rattler to an extent. The offensive line and defensive line were so bad a year ago, and that offensive line especially. And I just don't know what that's going to look like if you can't protect Spencer Rattler. It's not going to be an easy season because um, I don't see a bunch of guys that jump off the page to me from the skill position standpoint as of right now. So mm-hmm. that's what worries me about South Carolina. Well, how about Kentucky? I'm big on the bandwagon for the Wildcats. I think they can win as many as nine regular season games. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's unfortunate for, for them. They catch Alabama the last year that we have to do this east-west thing, and they have to go to Georgia. Yeah. If, we, if we flip those and made it uh, – Oh, I don't know. Ole Miss and Georgia comes to Lexington. Maybe I'd I'd be giving them more respect as a dark horse candidate to actually win the East. But uh, still, I think it could be a really good season. That Tennessee game looms large. Uh, again, Mississippi State, South Carolina. I have all three of those as toss ups. The only likely losses: Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. You dis- disagree with any of these? I'm so taken aback by why this September 30th is in a different font than everything else. My ADD brain is taking off. Uh-oh. Um, no, I think it's perfect, man. I think this, I, you know, I know that Will Levis, I was very critical of him last year mm-hmm. um, with good reason. <laughs> We're not going to give your boy a shout out. Um, I did tell that story to this girl last night and she was like, that's reassuring about your fans um, that somebody sent you the box of wood shavings. Anyway, um, this is the only team maybe in the country that could lose a first or second round talent at quarterback. And in my opinion, improve. And that's not even a knock on Will Levis necessarily. It's the fact that last year with that offensive line, the way it was and replacing three guys, in the NFL and, and, and I love Chris Rodriguez and, and he will be missed. I'm sure. Um, but I just think that the turnovers they had with Levis were so damning in the worst possible situations. And I think you've nailed it here. I think this is pretty spot on. Um, I think that they're a nine-win team at somehow in here. Um, and I think I think you're spot on with all this right here. I think they start out five and zero. Oh. 
I think they have a chance to possibly put the nail in Florida's coffin before we even see the month of October. Uh, I agree with all that. I, I think Devin Leary is going to be at the end of the season, possibly a first or second team all SEC quarterback. That's how good I think he is. Um, I, I think he's going to put up great numbers in that offense. And the thing that we don't talk about at all is the fact that you get the OC back, man. Cohen was just huge a couple of years ago um, for that offense when they did win 10 games for the second time in like five years or four years. I think getting him back is going to work wonders for that team's confidence, especially on the offensive side of the ball, obviously. Well, I will disagree with one thing you said there, Chris. With all due respect, this fan base is hoping that they will improve after losing a first-round pick. And I'm talking, of course, the Florida Gators. Because Anthony Richardson, he was dynamic. I was singing his praises this time last year. I look like a damn genius after Utah. I look like a damn fool after Kentucky and about every other game. So he was just wildly inconsistent. He's clearly got all the talent in the world. But I think the hope is, you know, we're not going to have that type of game breaker, obviously, at quarterback. Mm -hmm. But if we could just have someone that's consistent and is not turning the ball over and is not, uh, you know, one game thrown for 500 yards against Tennessee and throwing for 80 against Kentucky, maybe we can engineer uh, some wins here. So we have yet to do our our Florida preview, so I don't have the win losses here. But uh, which games are you looking at this that you think Florida could potentially – Maybe if we sit here right now, we say as a loss or, or a, a toss that yeah. they could win, that could kind of change the narrative. And I assume it, it's probably going to be Tennessee at home and Kentucky on the road. What, what are you, What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, and well, first off, let me start by saying that no one's going to miss Anthony Richardson more than me, strictly because there's not a better example of like my mental stability than watching Anthony Richardson play football. <laughs> Just the ups and downs every single day of being a battle. I totally get it, AR. I totally get it. So I think when you talk about this team, there's a bunch of games that you could consider a toss. Like that LSU game is a game I think that maybe they catch. Like if LSU comes off a devastating loss against Florida or against Bama, we saw it happen a year ago when, you know, LSU wins against Bama and then follows that game with a three-point win against a backup QB at Arkansas. Maybe that's something where they can they can catch them sleeping, even though I think that Florida – probably going to get dominated there that that October 28th game um the Utah game is so interesting to me because I think we all just have it chalked up as a loss kind of like we did last year right it's the first time they're leaving the state in week one or two since 1991 which is ridiculous um I don't think it's smart to bet against Utah but I do think it's a game that we've all just kind of circled as like a, a, a L for Florida that we really don't know yet Maybe it's it's something with that defense. I think that D coordinator is a guy that's – I wish he was at Bama over Kevin Steele. I'll say it. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah, like it, I think that realistically you've got to get out of the month of September above 500 because if you don't, you're in a lot of trouble. you got a revenge game against Vanderbilt. <laughs> I mean, that's that Billy Napier's job's on the line there, don't you think? Yeah. If you lose to him two years in a row, he's gone. That, like – because here's the other thing with Florida is you have to have a rebuilding or like a get back year because that schedule is so damn difficult over the next several years. I don't know who made it. I joked around about it maybe even a week ago on this show when I was said, like, who, I don't know who made that schedule. Was it Kirby? Because like, it's absurd how difficult it's going to be. Um, I, I love what they've been doing with recruiting. Those guys don't get there until 2024. So I don't know, man. I, 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 the fact that Vegas has their total at five and a half, is really really telling to me and i just i think it's 
I, I don't think it's a, anything against Billy Napier necessarily. I think you've got to let him get to year three regardless, but I don't think it's going to be a great season in Gainesville. Well, speaking of built by Kirby, let's get over to Alabama's uh, <laughs> schedule here because they've, they have clearly uh, careened off a cliff without Kirby there as defensive coordinator uh-huh. and chief recruiter. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, do you disagree here? I've got 10 likely wins, two toss-ups at mm-hmm. A&M. LSU, any others that you throw in as a well? Hell, I know you're you're already on record. You think Texas is beating Alabama, right? Yeah, and I do want to follow up real quick. Kirby left in 2015 after giving up over 550 yards of offense to Deshaun Watson in that national championship game. Bama had the number one ranked off or defense in the country the next two following seasons when he was gone. But with his with his guys, right? With his guys, I knew it was gonna like. It's always Georgia fans are just. It's like they're playing chess, but like while anyone else is just trying to mind their own damn business outside a Cracker Barrel. It's like that's. Like they are just in their own mind, they they have won every argument possible ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm just not realizing there's no chess tables at, at Cracker Barrel, and I'm an idiot. That game against Texas, I will say over and over and over again, I think that's a loss for Alabama, and the reason why is I'm a huge believer in Steve Sarkeesian. You, I don't know if you remember me saying this last year, but I said it all summer long that was going to be a one score game that was going to be within a touchdown, like all season. And and I and I the two things I kept saying was. It's going to be within a touchdown, and it's also going to be a game where win or lose, Bama's not going to get credit for that game. And I think both those things are probably spot on. And they probably lose that game. Quinn Ewers is in for the full 60 minutes, right? But when Steve Sarkeesian has dudes, they are really, really dangerous. Like the offenses they have are really, really dangerous. And they had a really good defense a year ago, especially up front on that defensive line. Now, I don't think Bama's going to have the quarterback situation figured out by then. I just don't. I I don't think they're going to be airing it out like they did under Bill O'Brien. I think they're going to run the football and try to play more bully ball like they used to in the early 2010s and, and up until, as you said, Kirby left. But Texas with a potential Heisman contending quarterback, having uh, two of the best receivers, I think that people probably still don't know the most about. You talk about A.D. Mitchell transferring from Georgia and then having Xavier Worthy still there, one of the fastest guys in the, in the entire Big 12. I think those two guys, uh, returning all five offensive linemen, you have the second – best tight end in the country behind Brock Bowers, that's going to be a problem for Alabama. That's going to be a problem. And as much as a defense, I think, is going to be improved, I think this looks very similar to the 2015 Ole Miss game where you you have a game in Tuscaloosa, night game, everyone's pumped. But, man, it's hard to keep a team like that with that many studs that you know has that bullseye right, like, on the calendar right now to come in and not put up. Like Steve Sarkeesian on script, dude. I don't know if you agree with this or not. I think it's. I think he's the best on script. He's the best play caller in the country. And I now I, didn't I, you rate him ninth best OC? One that was you, you asshole. <laughs> I just, I just think somebody said the chest tables are outside. Yeah. So I, I, I do think, I do think he is really good. I would. I tell you what, the first two drives of that game, barring a turnover or some crazy drop pass, I think I would put in almost any amount of your money because I know it's more than mine on Steve Sarkeesian and Texas scoring in one of those first two drives in Tuscaloosa. I, I think they win that game, man. Now, what team we've yet to, to talk about is Auburn. We've we'll talked a little bit. So I'll see you later, bro. <laughs> we have yet to do their preview either, so I don't, I don't have the win-loss toss yep. here. But a lot of – I mean, they're just so difficult to read with all the – what they've done in the transfer portal and, and obviously the coaching change. Uh, any games on here that you're, you're – thinking are, are more likely uh, going to be upsets that they can uh, accomplish in year one? I, so I don't know. 
who Ole Miss has the week before. But we always talk about with Auburn, if you can beat Georgia, if you can beat Bama, it's, it's, it's a win. You've lost 14 of the last 17 to, to Georgia. Um, thank God you get them at home because you've gotten your ass kicked by an average of 21 points per game in their last 10 trips to Athens. That being said, I think there's a very realistic chance that on the right side of this page that Auburn could have a five-game winning streak going into the Iron Bowl in, in uh, Jordan-Hare. And the game that I think I have circled more than anything for Auburn is that game against Ole Miss. All the stuff we saw in the offseason with Kiffin and how he was going to come to Auburn, and we all just kind of assumed that was going to happen, and then he kind of leverages the whole thing for it to stay. And then you get a guy that was at Ole Miss that now is is at Auburn, like a checkered pass type situation. <laughs> I think I think that like if you're an Auburn fan, from a realistic standpoint, that game right there, if he beats Ole Miss – I think that is such a huge win for that program in year one because the expectations have to be realistic. Like, I haven't talked to a single Auburn fan that thinks they're going to beat Georgia. I think it's kind of a popular, sexy upset pick, even though they're a two-point um, underdog – or not two-point, two-touchdown underdog against Bama. Um, that Ole Miss game, man, I think that could do wonders for that program, especially going into the, the latter half of the season where they've struggled the past couple of years. I think that would be a huge, huge win for Hugh Freeze in year one. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Chris, we're just weeks away from SEC Media Days here in Nashville. You've got credentialed. I don't know how. I mean, some someone's they made a mistake there. You're don't letting you back in it. Uh, what What are the big storylines heading into Media Days that you're most going to be paying attention to, or or think will come out of there? What are the storylines? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to figure. I got to figure out some funny questions. Honestly, the thing <laughs> I've been trying to get ready for most is my karaoke voice. Um, cause I mean, like we didn't get to do it in Atlanta last year and like, obviously in Nashville, we're going to have to sing karaoke. I've just, I just am very concerned about which bar is going to have my song. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to get booed off the stage, it's going to be a whole thing. That's my main concern as of right now, mainly cause I have like, and you get this probably, even though you don't take any days off ever, apparently, but this is like the only week and a half off of the entire season. I feel like our entire calendar year. So I've just been watching suits and focusing on that. I, I think. <laughs> I gotta start actually getting my shit together, I guess. <laughs> do my job in Nashville. So, I'm, how, how big of a deal do you think Hugh Freeze will be back there? I mean, do you think he'll be? I would imagine he's gonna ask be asked a million times, like about his second chance, even though it's really like yeah. his eighth chance. Um, I think that's gonna be a topic. I think Kirby and all these allegations at Georgia. I mean, that's hitting at the wrong time for him. I think that's going to be – because it, down there in Athens, he doesn't have to answer to anybody. Yet. Not to not to say that he will necessarily in Nashville, but I think that's yeah. going to be asked of him too. I, those are kind of the, the big ones, I think. And uh, Nick Saban, I'm, I'm curious to see how many more excuses he's got about point spreads <laughs> and this, that, and the other. Have you noticed it real quick? Have you noticed that no matter – how many different people say the same thing? There was a, there were their Destin and Hugh Freeze said almost verbatim the same thing about NIL as Nick Saban, and mm-hmm. and you didn't hear a word about it. So I I wonder if this is the time that, that Freeze finally kind of gets like his feet held to the fire with some of the stuff in the past, even though it's been years and years and years ago. Um, it, somebody had in the comments over here, if you had a question to ask Hugh Freeze, what would it be? If we're being PG, and I haven't had enough to drink tonight okay um there's a little vodka in the celsius and i had a high life earlier but i don't think it's going to kick in until later i would have to ask him like what percentage of his recruits have ever actually played yahtzee because 
every time he gets like a new player, he puts out this fucking video of him being like, <laughs> Yahtzee. <laughs> I'm 37. I've never played Yahtzee. I haven't had that many rain-ins at a lake house that I was stuck at, so I don't know why you would be playing Yahtzee. But I, that's probably the only question I can think of. I need to write that down. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think it'll be interesting because I, I, I wonder if he, like I said, if he's going to get held, his feet held to the fire. The Kirby thing is interesting, too. And I'm not going to get into it because I'm not dealing with their effing fans on Twitter right now. But, like... The fact that everyone is just kind of assuming the AJC is out to get Kirby Smart and UGA, you know as well as I do that if if, if this was happening at Florida, if this is happening at Bama, this is happening at Tennessee, Georgia fans would be all over it, right? But it's their team, and so it's like, and we're all fans, so I totally get it. But like, and you want to believe the best in your program, but sixty violations in in the last three to four years, it's at least a story. It's at least a story, and so I wonder if people are going to ask Kirby that. And what he's actually going to say, and then and then from there, Mike, I wonder if he's even ridiculed or or held not held accountable, but like if there's a negative perception of it. And I admittedly don't know enough about it to where I would want to weigh in and, and try to persecute anybody or know all the facts of the story. I don't work for Barstool, so I'm not just going to go slander somebody's name and then throw them under the bus with a made up story for no fucking reason. Excuse my language, but <laughs> with Kirby, I, like I don't, I I wonder if anything's even made about it because it's kind of been swept under the rug if there's even a story over the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, that same Barstool guy said Ohio State's joining the SEC about two years ago. So, uh, yeah, t- take everything he's got to say with a grain of salt. W- will Alabama or LSU be the pick? Not, I'm not asking you specifically, but what do you yeah. think the media as a whole, who do, they, who do you think they pick, LSU or Alabama in the West? Such a good question, dude. I, I think – I mean, I want to say it's Bama because it's always Bama, right? But – I think the like the pick if I don't I mean how many people are going to be there from Alabama because that's kind of the main question I have I think if there's ever a year where it is LSU it's this year and what they return I I, I part of me kind of leans to the fact that it would be LSU especially after the last two seasons of watching Bama kind of struggle um, more than they have in in any time in the Nick Saban era since 2007. How many people pick Vanderbilt to win the SEC? And the only reason I ask, I'm not trying to make fun of them. Someone literally, I think they, I think it was an old person. If I had to guess, people, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of confu- Not really, it's not really confusing, but no, it's, it's, elect- it's, it's, it's electronic. You got to click. I don't know. I think someone screwed up. But uh, how many people hey. vote Vanderbilt to win the, the entire league, like the one person did last year? It off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it's the only damn team in the conference that has a V in the name at all. <laughs> Um, let alone starts the B, and it's also the very bottom of the list. Even if you were bored, you wouldn't want to scroll all the way down there and pick Vanderbilt. I would love to know who did that. I hope it's the same asshole that got mad at me for bringing up gambling lines. Um, I don't think anybody picks Vandy, but I, if they do, it's Clark Lee. It's I mean, a thousand percent. Like, like it's just, I saw this thing on on three today that said anonymous coach says Vanderbilt's improved. I'm like, that, it's Clark Lee. Clark Lee is the anonymous coach. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> Who do you think gets voted uh, all SEC first team quarterback? Because I, I honestly think that'll be an interesting one too. Yeah. Um, my vote would go to KJ, but I could see Jaden Daniels, and and I would imagine other people are. Uh, you know, I I think some people are even going to j- vote Joe Milton. Who who do you think will yeah. get get the most votes there? I think it'll be KJ and Jaden Daniels one two. Um, it's usually more of a career award going into it. The way that people fill those out is. You you feel like you kind of know. Remember Jermaine Burton, I think, was first team last year, which was ridiculous. I'd receive right. him. Um, but like at the skill position and the quarterback position, all that kind of stuff, I feel like 
it's it's people that are either returning you know it's it's like hardly anyone's like a shot in the dark type guy right mm-hmm. and then whoever's on the offensive line once you get to to third team it's like all right whoever for bama that i haven't put on there or georgia i haven't put on there yet i think i think it's kj or Jaden. at the end of the year though i think it's going to be carson beck or or uh or devin leary hmm, interesting also to go to the media ballot I think what people do, if they don't know, they look at who got brought to media days. Because last year, safety from Tennessee, Travon Flowers, got voted All-SEC. He was one of the three players. He was He's a decent player. I mean, that's kind of like the kindest way I could say it. We all know Tennessee secondary was awful. He got voted All-SEC, I think, because he was one of the, the representatives. And, and the vast majority of people couldn't name a safety out of the SEC to save their life. I think it was Chris that voted him there. But I guess we're frozen. I guess we lost him. But, hey, just want to say thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Different format here with Cousin Shane, MIA. He apologies for uh, he's under the weather here. And we're heading into uh, 4th of July weekend. So I don't honestly know when the next show will be. But you won't have to wait too long for it because we got this. Uh, we've got our fall camp series to continue. Shane and I are going to be actually getting together for the 4th of July weekend for a couple in-person shows. So be on the lookout for that. We got you covered next week here, all off season. I want to appreciate all the cousins for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves the that SEC podcast, Hail State.